when we learn to continue showing up, to continue trying, to continue sticking to those things in a way that embraces imperfection, it lets our shoulders relax and lets us show up imperfectly in motherhood and lets us show up imperfectly in our careers and imperfectly in our relationships without beating ourselves up along the way. Hi friend, welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Gather and Growth. Is that a new intro song? Maybe, maybe it is officially, officially, it is officially Christmas break in the Russell house. Now, I know listening to this episode, it is the middle of January, but here's where we are at today. And today I want to dig into a topic that I am just seeing across the board. And it feels like such a big topic that I'm not even sure how much of this we can really get into today, but I just want to open the conversation. And honestly, I think that having some guest conversations around this with some people who research this or perhaps have written books about it or create content about it would be super helpful. But just want to open up the door and I would love to hear your experiences or thoughts on this matter. And maybe this is just opening the door to invite you to think about things in a different way than you have previously, or perhaps help you connect some of the dots as to why you do or don't do the things that you do. And as always, I'm just going to be speaking from my own experience and the experiences that I have helped other women work through and understand. This obviously does not apply to anyone. I'm going to be making some relatively big generalizations here, but I do think that it's something that a lot of us can relate to specifically as millennial women. And I know that not everyone listening to this podcast is a millennial and I don't think it's an exclusively millennial things, but I would say the bulk of the demographic that I typically am interacting with on a day-to-day basis are women of approximately my age group and in similar upbringings and situations. So if you do not relate to this, then I would also be curious to hear more about your experience. But I have just noticed this underlying, but yet all-consuming, perfectionist fear of getting it wrong, fear of doing something bad, fear of failure, fear of hurting someone, rocking the boat. Like there are so many different ways that this manifests. And I am just starting, especially through my own motherhood journey, starting to reverse engineer, like, where is this all coming from? Like so many people I know are drowning in this, like 
if I can't do it perfectly, I can't do it all. Or if I don't do X, Y, and Z to the highest standards, I am a moral failure. Or I can't put myself out there because what if someone sees me make a mistake? Or I am terrified to do something new because what if everyone hates me and then suddenly I'm ostracized and everyone's mad at me and I get canceled or whatever. And so much of this, I think we think is external or maybe we know that it's internal, but I think a lot of us think that we created this within ourselves, but I'm starting to understand, especially, like I said, through motherhood and even through what I know as a professional who has worked with children for the bulk of my career. I was a fourth grade teacher, professional summer camp counselor, practically worked in the nonprofit space in a variety of youth programs. And just starting to connect some dots as to how systemically we ingrain this good versus bad perfectionist mentality into children and not intentionally. It's not like we're sitting around like, I am going to intentionally infuse you with this debilitating fear of failure and perfectionist mentality so that you too may suffer in your 30s. No. But I do think it's worth noting that like, first of all, you're not crazy. This came from somewhere, somewhere along the line, or in fact, many somewheres along the line, there was a certain things that were said or things that you were conditioned to do or not do that got you to the state now in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, beyond that has you paralyzed or at least grappling with this fear of perfectionism or this need for perfectionism and fear of making mistakes and doing it wrong. And I think even back to like, let's say, okay, let's say like the Disney movies of the 90s, first of all, total Disney kid. Like, I don't think you could grow up in the 90s and not be a Disney kid because we had no other option, y'all. Like, I remember my mom bringing home a VHS tape of The Lion King and putting it in the VCR in our living room. And that was it. Guys, I had a moment the other day where I, it was like a, we walked up to school, uphill both ways moment with my kids. So much that my husband looked at me. I was like, they don't care. But I was trying to describe to them how we didn't have Disney Plus or Netflix or streaming services. Like you could only watch the movies that you had. And this came up because we were on a car ride and they were watching I don't know, cars or something, one of my old DVDs, and they were getting frustrated by the previews. I'm like, guys, this is, we didn't have the internet. This is how we found out what movies were going to come out in theaters and what we'd be able to buy on VHS. This was the commercial. This was the thing. And so then I was explaining like the whole process of like going to rent a movie, like going to town, getting a movie on Friday night and the whole process of renting the perfect one. And then you'd pick one out and the VHS wouldn't be in there because someone else hadn't returned it. Anyway, my husband looked at me. He was like, okay, grandpa. (laughs) Uh, Okay, but where was I going with this? So even if you think about specifically in like Disney movies up until fairly recently, there was this like good versus evil and like make the right choice or else something bad happens to you or you're like gonna get tricked and then the whole world's going to crumble. There was like such a good versus bad complex. Then on top of that, I think especially for girls, there's like the good girls should, you should be quiet and polite and don't be too bossy and dress such a way and don't be too loud. And gosh, you go back even another generation, there's like this whole children should be seen and not heard. 
Then we have this whole layer of like conditional love, whether it was presented as such as not, but get good grades, don't quit, make me look good, get the award, be the best on the team. Like we were pitted against each other in competition of who could say their math facts the fastest or whatever. And I understand, especially from an education perspective, like why that is, I use the term beneficial in like quotes, but like how that like societal peer pressure, like try to get, you know, people to rise to the level of the highest performing. But at the same time, when I was in the classroom and using some things like this, not with ill intent, I did not have the understanding I have now of the ramifications of that, nor did I have as thorough understanding as I do now of neurodivergencies like ADHD or being on any flavor of neurospicy and the way that that factors into performance and how detrimental that is to be held to standards that are like totally counterintuitive to how your brain works. But that's that's another episode. Uh, that's my <laughs> freshly diagnosed ADHD coming out to play. But, you know, we were slowly and softly conditioned to this like anxiety over test taking. Like we were the bread and butter of the no child left behind of the performance testing mentality. So there's that. And then there's like the fear of getting in trouble, of getting grounded, of not being able to like be honest because the fear of like getting it wrong. Like, okay, my takeaway from this is like your fear of failure, your need for perfectionism, your drowning in the opinions of others did not come from nowhere. Most of this did not come from people who had ill intentions in mind. I firmly believe most people on this planet are doing the best they can with the information that they have at the given time. The way that our parents raised us is like what they knew based on what was available to them, based on the way the parents raised them, so on and so forth. Like we know a lot more now about mental health and secure attachment and like, you know, how to encourage and praise kids in a way that extracts that external validation. So for example, when my kid shows me something that they drew or some piece of artwork, instead of saying, oh my gosh, I love it, which places the value of like how good the artwork is, is my opinion, is like acknowledging the effort. Oh, I can see you worked so hard on this. I love watching you do something that you love or rather than being like, oh, this flower is so pretty. Oh, I see a flower that has pink and yellow. What made you choose those colors? Oh, that's so, and like really acknowledging the, their thought process and their work that went into it or their devotion to it versus the outcome, which honestly, let's talk about what so many of us are doing. We're reaching towards a goal. We've talked about on this podcast tons of times about how there's like that arrival fallacy, that lie of once. Once I do this, then I'll be happy. We put so much weight on the outcome when the reality is if the journey leading up to it was miserable, that outcome is not going to make us feel any better. So training our kids to love the process and the journey and like the creativity and the tenacity and grit that goes into creating something detaches the need for external validation on the other side of this thing that we've accomplished. That was a side tangent. What is it like 
listening to a podcast with someone who has raging ADHD and has so many thoughts on a given topic. Hey friend, are you ready to take your growth to the next level? Do you crave building meaningful connections with like-minded women who get you? Then you need to be at the Ascend Retreat. My upcoming Ascend Retreat is a four-day event that will be held in Gulf Shores, Alabama from March 14th through 17th. During the retreat, you'll have the opportunity to connect with other real women who are passionate about personal growth, gain clarity around your goals and priorities that are keeping you awake at night, learn from experienced coaches and mentors, including Kylie Epperson, Coach Kaya, and yours truly, create an action plan to bring your dream life to fruition, and participate in workshops, guided activities, and individualized coaching that will not only help you grow and evolve, but shed the limiting beliefs that are keeping you stuck. So what are you waiting for? Register for Ascend today and start the journey to becoming the most aligned, healthy, and purpose-driven version of you. Links to learn more and register are in today's show notes. But wait, there's more. Did you catch that cheesy reference? Podcast listeners can use code GATHER to save $200 off retreat registration through the month of September. Again, code GATHER at checkout to save $200. I simply cannot wait to ascend with you on the beach this March. Anyway, so then... On top of that, as we are progressing through our teens and 20s and even now, now we are immersed in this comparison culture on an even more expedited level. We literally have the world at our fingertips, which gosh, what a blessing. We are all here listening to this podcast episode in community together because of this little thing called the internet. But we have this constant bombardment of other people's curated lives that we see snippets of, you know, Before the internet, you only really could compare yourself to like the people around you. And then, of course, like we had tabloid magazines, which is a whole nother cluster of comparing ourselves to unrealistic standards. But, you know, like we only had so much information from which to gauge where you stood in relation to anyone else. And now we have endless and constant input in information about what someone else's life looks like. And we don't always take that rationally. We're like, oh, well, this influencer's house looks like this. And this influencer does her makeup like this. And this person on Pinterest cooks these meals. And this person on Pinterest did this with their class party. And it's not like we're just comparing ourselves to one person. We're comparing ourselves to very specific versions of millions of people, which constantly puts us in the state of inadequacy and like, I can't do it. Because of course, you literally cannot do all of those things. No, because you are just a person and you are comparing yourself to so many different versions of so many people. That's crazy. But our brains don't care that sometimes things like that are illogical. Okay, then we have another layer of this oh my gosh, don't even get me started on the number, the amount of pressure we put on high school kids to get good grades, be involved in every extracurricular ever, be the captain of the sports team, have a full-time job, build the perfect college resume, get into college, burn yourself to the ground to get the degree. And for what? 
get the dream job and then rise the corporate ladder and then hello, wake up one day and realize, what am I even doing here? Like the pipeline to burnout on like success and perfectionism and doing well is insane. We do not condition kids on how to live well. We condition young adults to be successful. Those are two very, very different things. There are so many goals that are set in external expectations versus like internally what drives us. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being career oriented or wanting to accumulate wealth or wanting to do things that have certain accolades or outcomes on the other side of that. But it becomes really dangerous when you're doing it because someone else is watching or someone else told you it was a good idea or someone else told it was the key to success. And that's so much of what we dig into in masterminds and in our micro mind that just kicked off is just what does it mean to really pursue life on purpose? You know, I love a goal. You know, I love building habits, but it's so important to make sure they're rooted in what actually feels good to us and what is bringing us closer to the life that we want, not these unrealistic expectations of all these people we're trying to still please. Like the number of times I've heard someone be like, I'm not a good mom, or I just don't feel like I'm measuring up, or I can't do it all. And I'm like, who made this checklist for you? Like you're 35 years old. Did someone give you a good mom checklist and you can't check all the boxes and they're free? No, like, no. Like it's so important to define within yourself what does it mean to be enough in every category of your life because otherwise you are constantly chasing a moving target that is always going to leave you in the gap of never being enough, doing enough, etc. It is exhausting. Exhausting. So at the very least, take a step back and be like, what are actually my metrics here? What do I feel like I should be doing that is bonkers? And like, do I even like that? Is that even important to me? Where did I internalize that messaging? Who told me that? Who's even keeping score? And if they are keeping score, does that even matter? Does does their opinion pay my bills? Does their opinion actually mean anything to me? And if it means an unhealthy amount of things to you, then might I suggest therapy? It's a gift. Then for some bonkers reason, we have this like, in addition to all of that, these internalized imposter syndrome or fear of judgment or performance-based self-worth. I haven't quite figured out where the imposter syndrome thing comes from. And that's when you doubt your own ability and achievement, fearing that someone's going to think you're a fraud or fake. Like, oh, I'm not qualified to do this. Like, Where does that come from? Because I need to dig into that some more because I firmly believe so many of the things that we internally struggle with are rooted in some sort of conditioning we internalize as a child. And I haven't quite figured out where imposter syndrome comes from. So if you have a theory on that, you shoot me a message because I'm just like, I feel like I opened Pandora's box here. There's just so much, so much I want to dig into this. And then that fear of judgment, like, does that come from like, 2000s mean girl culture, like if you don't do the right thing, you're going to be criticized or rejected for not meeting these perceived expectations. Like who made these rules? Is this like a middle school thing where like you got to wear the pink shirt to be in the cool girls club? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm sure there's some amount of that that like is rooted in human wiring of like 
needing to be embraced to some extent by the like community or village for survival or like some layer of like protecting ourselves from feeling a certain way when we are rejected. I'm sure there's a lot in that. Even, gosh, I think about therapy last year. One of the things that I really dug into through EMDR was like that constant feeling of not being enough. And after some really great EMDR sessions, and I use that in sarcasm, doing EMDR feels like getting run over by a bus. We found that like the core thing that I need to untangle was a lifetime of micro experiences where I fundamentally had to change who I was in order to be loved, accepted, or safe. And that's everything from with best friend in middle school to stuff at home, to teachers, to peers, to friend group, like things like that. But yeah, I would love to know more about where that imposter syndrome of like, they're going to find out I'm faking it mentality comes from. So let me leave you with some takeaways so this isn't just a massive millennial mom rant. When these feelings come up, I think anytime we have negative feelings because we don't want to feel them or we don't like them or we feel shame for feeling them, we just try to shove them back down in the box under the bed, right? So when that I'm not enough or it has to be perfect or I don't want to, I don't want them to see me fail, any of those things come up, I want you to just get curious. Like, where does that come from? Where where did I hear that either straight up or through like subliminal conditioning? Where does that come from? And is that even true? Do I even believe that? Is that rooted in the reality I currently exist in? And that doesn't necessarily mean you just magically erase it or you change it or you don't deal with it. Because gosh, that's hard. Like the more self-aware you become, I think we like... <laughs> so counterproductive. But when things like that come up, we're like, oh, well, I don't want to feel like that. I shouldn't feel like that. So I'm not going to feel like that. But then we still feel like that. And then we'd feel mad at ourselves for feeling like that because we feel like we should know better. That's exhausting. At the very minimum, get curious, figure out where it's coming from and acknowledge that it's okay and very normal that things like that are coming up. And of course, there is rewiring that can be done. There's therapy that can be done. There's education that we can. There's journaling that can be done. There's a lot of different ways we can work through this, but at the very minimum, just get curious. I think, you know, on the topic of that perfectionism, fear of failure, what are they going to think, yada, yada, yada. I think a very tangible way to combat that is to set those attainable goals, those attainable habits, to say you want to do something and then follow through on it. That's how confidence is built. That's how clarity comes. We don't just magically wake up one day like, I am so confident and ready to do the thing that I was scared of. No. Confidence comes from figuring stuff out, from taking messy action, from doing the hard thing, from the tenacity of just keep going and keep showing up and keep committing that's how you prove to yourself that you can do it. And that's how you build this belief in yourself that is detached from, first of all, the outcome or what anyone else has to say about it. And I'm not saying that it comes easily, but there are so many things that you can do to you know, prioritize taking care of yourself and showing up for yourself in a way that allows you to celebrate those small wins and to overcome that like fear of failure or that need for being perfect. Wow. How many of us are 
overcoming perfectionism. That's actually a side effect of UDU82 that I never would have seen coming when I very first created the challenge. Of course, I knew like progress over perfection has been the tagline from the beginning. But the number of people who have done that challenge who have come back and said, oh my gosh, learning how to do something as simple as drinking water imperfectly has had a ripple effect of every other piece of my life. Like when we learn to continue showing up, to continue trying, to continue sticking to those things in a way that embraces imperfection, it lets our shoulders relax and lets us show up imperfectly in motherhood and lets us show up imperfectly in our careers and imperfectly in our relationships without beating ourselves up along the way. We have totally absorbed this criticism that was external into our internal voice. And if you do not have a critical internal voice, ooh, I'm, wow, that's amazing. But a lot of us, you know, have this by default critical inner voice and have done a lot of personal growth and therapy and masterminding and talking and, you know, proving ourselves wrong to build up a more confident voice. But so much of that comes with embracing perfectionism. And gosh, are you sick of me saying it yet? There is so much power in being connected with other women who understand these challenges, who offer mutual support, who can encourage you along the way, who when you're talking about these things that you're struggling with or stressed about or that are holding you back, who can look at you and say, I get it. Like, here's my special flavor of how I grapple with that. Here's how I overcome and who can speak life into you. Because as we have talked about so many times on Gather and Growth, oftentimes the people around us can see the best in us faster than we can. And that's something I really want to change in the world, in this space, in our community. But having that sounding board who can reground you, who can remind you why you started in the first place, who can remind you of your strengths and the unique gifts you bring to the world, that is so freaking powerful. We were never meant to do life alone. We were meant to be in community. We were meant to be surrounded by people and do life together. And so although we haven't untangled all of this web that I feel like I'm just, like I said, I feel like I'm opening Pandora's box here. Although we have not untangled it or dove into all of it, at the very least, I feel so grateful that we can have these conversations and we can acknowledge the heart. We're not, we're no longer hiding in these spaces. Like when we can air it out, when we can share, like it becomes like a, oh my gosh, me too. I thought I was the only one. I thought I was going crazy because everyone else looks like they have it figured out. Like, why is this so hard for me? And so we can have conversations where people are sharing the things that they are going through. It gives us an immediate boost of confidence to keep pursuing our own version of hard. Because let's be honest, at the end of the day, it's hard. Intentionality is hard. Growth is hard. Doing things outside of your comfort zone is hard. Being a person is hard. But hard does not mean bad. We can simultaneously be doing hard things that are awesome. We can be navigating really, really hard stuff and find the silver lining on the other side of it. We can be going through it and know that we are not alone. So if you found something in this episode thought-provoking, I sure would appreciate it 
if you would send it to a friend. I don't know about you, but I have a couple different text and Instagram and Snapchat messages. Does anyone else have talked to some of your friends on three different platforms at once? That's just me, maybe. Anyway, if you have a group message and there is someone that you feel like you can relate If you have a group message where you're constantly sharing memes that say, LOL, me or LOL, you, please send them this episode and say, oh my God, please listen to this. I feel so seen. Super appreciate it. Anyway, until next time, I am so forever grateful for you. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushell over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing gathering growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.